Hi! Welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And we're back! We're back. We're we back. took a little break. We took a bit of a hiatus. We had some vacations and stuff to deal with. You know, some, some things going on in the you world know. that didn't really impact our hiatus, but things are going on in the world. <laughs> they always are. We're not going to talk about them. Nope. But just so you know, we're acknowledging it. And yeah. this is us acknowledging it. That things happen the, in the, the world. The things have happened. Uh, you can just project whatever you want to into that space, and then we're going we're gonna to move on from it. Sounds but great. now you know we've acknowledged it. We've acknowledged it. The show doesn't take place in a bubble. We're human beings. We live in the world, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> Kelsey. Jason. What is the name of the show that we're talking about this time? I think you should leave. With Tim Robinson. With Tim Robinson. A comedy show. A comedy, sketch comedy show. On Netflix. Yes, Netflix saw it fit to bestow on us an, a, a good show, a good piece of content. They do it. About, I'm just going to say once every three months nowadays. <laughs> a good piece of content. Yeah, about, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, there's at least one piece of content every week, more so now probably. Yeah. And we all watch it over the weekend and we talk about it for that weekend and then we never talk about it again. Uh, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to push us out of that a little bit by making this episode happen. Well, I originally planned for it to happen sooner. I mean, last to, week. Well, yeah, last week it was already it was already out of the you know the Twitter zeitgeist by yeah. that point. But I'm trying to keep it alive because this show is very special to me, and I think if you're listening to the show, it, it's a good chance it's pretty special to you too. And you're gonna leave this episode not liking me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kel, no, that's Kelsey. Kelsey, come on, that's not true. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully my opinions are well reasoned. Um, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe I should leave. <laughs> we'll decide. That, that, that'll that be the end of this episode, is if I think you should leave or not, for real. <laughs> okay. Not the show. Sounds good. Tim Robinson is a sketch comedy performer and writer. He's probably best known for being on SNL for two years, although he was a featured player for one year, which means he you know, was at the very end of the opening credits and he didn't do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. It also may have been one of the years... It was 2012, so that may have been one of the years when they just launched like five white guys at you at once and you, just, it was, you were overwhelmed by it. I don't the, remember The him. white guyness of it all. Yeah. He was in the show for one year as an actor. Yeah. And then he, the next year he was just a writer, which I don't know if that's really a demotion or a promotion or a lateral move. I guess but, it depends on who you are. Right. And what you want with your life. Right. But he was on the he was on the show for two years, which is still an accomplishment for you know for uh, for an aspiring sketch performer. That still like is the highest level you can get to mm -hmm. in terms of like getting your name on the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, he didn't. He wasn't really you know making too much of a splash for a while. He made a few you know guest appearances on, on some TV shows, such as Making History, which a show that I is very close to my heart. It's a good show. Gone too soon. That, that was Gone a funny show. Gone too soon. Uh, he had a one episode on the Netflix series The Characters, which I have not watched but am looking to, where they basically gave like performers at his level like a chance to, you know, get 30 minutes to just do their own thing and like make a show around their personas. And now in 2019, he's come out with a show on Netflix. It's six episodes long. Every episode is a blessedly short 17 minutes. Not because I don't like it. No, it's, it's the perfect amount of time. It's perfect. Netflix is doing this a lot. A lot of Netflix shows now. Not a lot, but like. It's a thing. It's a thing now. Netflix is making like 18 minute Because like Bonding, shows. is that one also Bonding short? is like that. Uh, the End of the Fucking World last year was the same, a similar thing. Oh, yeah. That show was like some episodes were 25 minutes and some were like 13 minutes. Yeah. Which I honestly. 
I'm into. I love. I've, yeah. I've always Let wanted. Let the story tell itself. You exactly. Know? I, <laughs> my, I want Netflix or like if you're going to do a thing where you release every episode at once. It don't, should... don't limit yourself to a format. Right. You're already experimenting <laughs> with a more like, you know, it's it's more everyone's, you know, every show writer is now so up their ass about. And then my, this isn't a show. It's a 20 hour movie. <laughs> but if you want things to be more like a book, like novelistic, mm-hmm. you should, you know, chapters, chapters in a book don't have to be, you know, every chapter is not length. 20 pages long, you yeah. know. Things can like vary, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to the day where Netflix releases an episode of a drama that's four minutes long. <laughs> that's gonna be a, a banner day for me. Maybe um, you'll write it. Maybe 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 I'm the one. Netflix, uh, hit me up. Hit, hit us up. I couldn't remember what our catchphrase <laughs> was. It's been too long, Kelsey. It's been too long. It's been too long. So the show is six episodes long. It's a sketch comedy show. You know, there's maybe four or five sketches per episode, which I think that's part of what makes it so so good and the fact that people were able to consume it so quickly and really just you know get it right just right into your veins because like, the comedy goes right in there and also things ending suddenly and unexpectedly is a good way to make things funny also so the fact that the show itself is like every episode is even like a little bit shorter than you maybe think it's going to be that i think works in its benefit but to show that it is is you know was really very very popular amongst a certain kind of person it was very popular on twitter it really spread very quickly around, uh, you know, over there. I read about it you know, numerous times before I actually sat down to watch it. But it's a, you know, it's a very funny show. I, I quite enjoyed it. I immediately realized that it was going to ruin my life when, well, legitimately, I was like the next day at work, I was thinking about one particular phrase from the last episode. And I honestly was, I was laughing in, in people's faces <laughs> as I was trying to, you know, do my job. And I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> this show is too funny. Yeah, it's a very good show, and I wanted to share it with you, Kelsey. And I brought it to you, you know, heart, heart in hand, just just looking for validation. And what you know, and so with that in mind, you can mind you know, how much of my hopes and dreams I placed on on this. <laughs> this is I, mean. How did you? <laughs> how did you feel about it? I don't want to say that I didn't enjoy it because I did enjoy parts of it, <laughs> like a lot. Um, like there are sketches in there that I thought were hilarious. But as a, on a whole, it's just not really my thing. I don't watch a ton of sketch comedy to begin with. It's not really a format that I love as far as the way I consume comedy. I have a really terrible like secondhand embarrassment thing and <laughs> that I can't I, I have trouble watching like super awkward situations. Um like to the point where it makes me really uncomfortable. And a lot of this is like making the situation so awkward and then the payoff at the end is funny because it goes away that you don't expect it to but like the amount i have to put myself through to get there isn't always worth it for me (laughs) and that's a me problem that said like i think it is a very well like like the jokes work and they're funny and i understand why all my friends think they're funny it's just really hard for me because of that part of me because there's that aspect of it, but there's also the aspect of, like, something about Tim Robinson, like, really doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> because even, like, there's, like, a, a sort of thing that he does where he just, like, uh, the character that he's playing just digs himself into a deeper and deeper hole. And that is, like, so hard for me to watch, like, when any character does that ever. When he does it on this show, it makes me more uncomfortable than when other char- other actors do it on the show. So it's like, apparently I just have some sort of like visceral reaction. Like he, maybe he just does it too well. 
Like I believe him too much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think because of, of that about me, like, and that's like something that like I have, I have a, a hard time doing regardless. Like, you know, you've seen me watch reality television. I have to like hide sometimes. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I feel you. So, um, so I think that because of that aspect is such a, a big part of it, I had a lot of trouble enjoying the parts that were that. No, I, I am utterly sympathetic to that. If you've ever, if you'd ever seen me watch uh, Nathan for you, you would see me just like writhing on the couch in agony. Oh, but, that, God. That, but that is truly one of my favorite shows of all time. And we are reader. We're going to get to it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> we will get there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take Kelsey to the mountaintop. So I think for me, that was that was the thing was like, I just this is a kind of comedy that I understand why it's funny, but it's so hard for me to enjoy because of uh, a reaction that I have in my brain. You know, obviously, that's a subjective reaction. And yeah. Humor, and I know humor that. in general is a subjective reaction. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to get too bogged down in this. Yeah. But I do think my response to that is that I feel like this show is because I know I'm not a huge fan of cringe comedy. It's yeah. like, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Like, I, you know, I, I watched The Office you know, I, I'm not you know, immune to its charms or mm-hmm. anti-charms, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly, you know, this show is, I think, special in that it takes that character. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, it it, will, it does, in every sketch, it places in that character, you know, the person who's, like, not responding correctly to social norms mm-hmm. and is digging themselves into a deeper and deeper hole. And places them in a lightly absurdist context from the beginning mm-hmm. where, you know, it's not like, you know, the part of the problems with SNL, especially nowadays, is that... A, 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 one of their recurring formats is like a character like a character from a Tim Robinson sketch for example appears and is saying you know ridiculous outrageous zany funny things and everyone around them is just going oh what why did you say that that's so wacky and bizarre and so the the comedy comes from you know these normal people reacting to this you know weird outside force who's you know so uncouth and bizarre or is this show you know it softens that in every aspect. Like people are always a little more game with these characters than they would be on a show like SNL. But but then there's many times where it takes that, those characters that you think are going to be the butt of the joke and, and like slowly like shifts the point of view to where they are actually the hero. Like the you know the one of the biggest sketches I think to come out of this was the, the focus group sketch, which is surprising and kind of subversive in that very way because you have this sort of very you know. A heavily accented character who seems like he's going to be the you know the wacky you know outsider but he ends up like by the end of the show everyone is cheering him on and like applauding him and has turned against the sort of milk toast you know white average like guy that you would normally be the focus of the sketch um, another example of that is the gift receipt sketch from episode one and Same, think, similar thing i think um the the focus group sketch i is something that i felt less like I was able to enjoy that a lot more um, than the gift receipt sketch because of like, possibly Tim Robinson. I don't want to say it's him because I think he's like funny and a good actor and like, but like something about the way he plays those types of characters just like does like it makes me uncomfortable. I, I guess I think it's maybe two things. One is that he's unfamiliar. Like we we haven't seen him in much. Yeah. So we don't we, when we see him we don't identify him as an actor. He just yeah. seems like he's maybe is just that guy. Maybe he's just that guy. And yeah. two, he also has a sort of he has sort of like an unusual look. Like it yeah. seems like he like and he look very much leans into like that sort of un, almost yeah. unsettling part of the characters. And and uh, I think in the in the focus group sketch you still kind of enjoy the first part of 
the guy kind of being like saying this uncouth shit and all that stuff. Whereas like when you to get to the the payoff in the gift receipt sketch, they really put you through it. They in that really one. put you through a lot of discomfort. And like the end of that sketch is hilarious. Don't get me wrong; it's funny <laughs> as shit. Um, but the discomfort that I had to put myself through to get to him in the car dead, <laughs> 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 which is hilarious, <laughs> was like hard. Yes. So I think for me, a lot of the time, it's just like I don't. That discomfort isn't outweighed by how funny right. the end of the sketch was, um, even though a lot of times it is really funny. So my plan for this episode is, yeah. you know, obviously the risks of talking about a sketch comedy show like this are, A, it could just be us recounting our favorite sketches and moments and yeah. laughing, which is, you know, enjoyable for me, enjoyable for you, <laughs> not so much for anyone who's, you know, yeah. maybe listening to the show. And I also don't want to, you know, there's that whole, it's a cliche at this point, but it still holds true that, you know, dissecting a joke is like dissecting a frog. Yeah. You learn very little and the frog dies. As I, as I don't want to go too far down that road so the, what, we're, what we're thinking is uh, uh i'm gonna list off my top five sketches mm-hmm. and we're just gonna go through those sketch by sketch mm-hmm. and we'll discuss them can i tell you my favorite sketch that's not in your top five um yes i, I wish you would um my favorite sketch that's not in your top five is the man the man yes the will forte <laughs> the, the will big forte will forte feature feature because it sets up like the subversion of expectations in that one is so good and then like and and the payoff is great and like tim robinson plays the normal guy right which i think i really appreciated (laughs) because after you know seeing him and the other stuff you're expecting him to you're expecting it to go a very different way and i felt like that the the writing and the pacing on that one just paid off in the right way for me and Will Forte is great at that sort of thing. So I really, I really enjoyed that one a lot. And then another one that's in your list, but yeah, I'm glad you brought up that one because that one has, an, I think, a good use of a guest star. Yes. Which is what ties together my tie for top five. Mm-hmm. This is so stupid. I, I'm the one who was like, who said we should do a top five, and I have a you I, just say I have it's six. The top six. I don't know why I did this, but I wanted to. Well, no, because these two I, I rank equally because they're good in the same way. Yeah, and the aren't same, they like right next to each other in the? Uh, I don't think no. so. Which no. ones are they? Go ahead. Uh, well, tied for top five mm-hmm. is Instagram. Yeah. And fill in organist. Yes. Both of which utilize a guest performer. But Tim Robinson does not appear in either of these sketches. No. Uh, Instagram is stars of uh, Vanessa Bayer, mm-hmm. and Phil and Organist features Fred Willard, oh, God, that's uh, so a good. longtime favorite of mine. That I love him. He is he's so funny. He's been he, he's been funny forever, and he's always amazing. I, every time I see him, he just makes me so happy that he shows yeah. up. Phil Phil and Organist was probably my favorite sketch of the whole show, honestly, <laughs> because I love Fred Willard, and like it was so dumb. Yeah, the concept so funny. The concept for both these is very simple. Instagram yeah. is three women at brunch. Mm-hmm. They take a selfie, the three of them together. The first two women have captions that are sort of innocuously like, I'm having lunch with these dum-dums, haha. <laughs> and Vanessa Bayer's character takes that to its furthest extreme mm-hmm. and lists off a series of disgusting <laughs> and incredibly offensive captions. Uh, not offensive, like, you know, not like shock humor, just like, Incredible, vile, yeah, disgusting, like gross. yeah, gross, and like, un, un like, un, 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 totally unconnected from like what these people are actually doing. Yeah. Uh, the concept for the villain organist sketch is maybe even simpler. Yeah. It's a funeral, and the normal organist for the church is not there, so they've hired a villain organist played by Fred Willard 
who brought his own much larger organ. <laughs> and when you, normally an organist would play a somber number, he plays a ridiculous like uh, carnival. Yeah, the the the, the captions call the first song he plays confusing carnival music. <laughs> And he's just making all these like one man band noises. He's like pulling on, he's like hitting a gong. He's like pulling on a horn. He has a stack of plates <laughs> on the seat next to him. And every time he throws one, I just lose it. <laughs> I want to be the fill in organist for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Great costume idea. So, yeah, there's not much to say about those sketches, so but they, I... they both show that he is not just a performer, he is a. Yeah. You're a writer and a creator. He he has these unique talents, but they're they're both unique people. And he like finds the thing that is most funny about each of these people, and I think and uses it a lot of the time for me. The sketches that Tim Robinson isn't in, <laughs> I found a lot funnier. Which again, I don't know if that's my weird reaction to Tim Robinson or if maybe he's just better at writing for other people. Yeah. Um, because I liked both of those sketches a lot, and I liked there's there's some other ones um that don't feature him that uh. That are very funny. Yeah, we should mention the Lonely Island is one of the producers of this show. Is is the wrong word there, but they are one of the producers yeah. of this show. And Akiva directed many of the episodes. So yeah. there's a strong and steady sensibility that is familiar to, to all of us. And, and, you know, very fun. Up next on the countdown, number four, Bozo Dubbed Over. This is a sketch you do not find funny. I did not find it In the slightest. Funny. I mean, you watched me watch it. I you didn't you don't like it. <laughs> no. I I the the premise is that Tim Robinson plays a guy in an office who, when some of his you know maybe his slightly younger you know little hipper coworkers are you know passing around the laptop, showing off their favorite YouTube videos, he doesn't have one and he feels insecure about it, and the sketch ends and we go we we move on. Then we come back a few sketches later, to uh, the next day. Where he, he announces that he actually has a, 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 a video this time. And the video he pulls up is called Bozo Dubbed Over. Which is a hastily edited and the, like poorly conceived video of, of... It's footage of Bozo the Clown on his, old, on his old show. But it's been dubbed over by Tim Robinson's character. But he, he won't admit that it's him doing it. He sort of dodges that and claims that it's actually Bozo himself. He picks the most confusing avenue possible, like of, of defense and like explanation. Like, no, this is actually this is Bozo doing it. It's what Bozo was thinking. And first of all, it's funny to me because the the the, the, the dubs he does are so incredibly unfunny and like ridiculously, they're all pitched at the same level of like adolescent, like swear based humor. There's no jokes, and the fact that he's so like is so committed to this very unfunny bit is very funny to me. And be more representative of the show in general. People offer him an out several times. Like the other, his coworkers, like when he's first is like, can't think of a video to show them. They're like, it's okay if you don't have a video. And he's, he's just, he just won't let it go. He's like, no, I do have one. I just can't think of it right now. And the next, and the next day when they're watching his terrible video, someone says, it's, it seems like it'd be funnier if it was someone else dubbing over Bozo, but he won't back down. He says, no, it's Bozo. It's what he wanted to say on the show. It's what he was thinking at the time. See, what I feel like with sketches like this that like make me a little uncomfortable watching them is that I'm gonna find the like one-off riffs on them, like in the lines that you and Dave and Sarah like yell at each other when you're drunk, hilarious. <laughs> but I don't enjoy watching the actual like thing. 
Because, like, I just want to pull out the moments without having to put myself through watching this guy, like, who, like, makes me feel in pain because he won't take any of these outs that his coworkers are giving him. That's interesting because I think of myself as being pretty, like, a pretty empathetic viewer. And, like, if a character is, like, really making themselves, like, look foolish in a very, like, social, like, public way, it makes me uncomfortable, too. But for some reason, this, I, this, that did not even enter my mind when I was watching this sketch. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's a sketch show, so I know I'm not going to see this character again. (laughs) Um, I think it's partially because there's no, like, like, there's no reason for him to do it. He's not responding to any actual, like, threat of social, like, ostracization? Ostracization? That sounds right. Ostracization. (laughs) That doesn't sound right. Being turned into an ostrich. Um, (laughs) He's not, you know, he's not actually responding to anything, like, emotive in the world. Like, you know, Michael Scott, for example, is like, you can see... Like what he's reacting to when he does his, you know, his his wacky hijinks. He's like he's he feels small or like you know, he has a petty grievance against somebody that he blows up, and that really can like really hurt me to watch sometimes. But this is, you know, there's you know there, he'd had no reason to do this, and that makes it, like I said from the beginning, lightly absurd. So that sort of it's to me removed from that like cringy reality. See, for me, like I feel kind of the opposite. <laughs> In that, like, with, like, a character like Michael Scott, I know that he's a character and he has these reactions to things and I know that that's how it's going to play out. Whereas, like, because I don't know this character, it feels so much more visceral and real. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, I've been in a situation like that, right? You know, where you, like, kind of start digging yourself into a hole and you're like, no, I got to back out. And the fact that he doesn't... You, you made a like... video where you dubbed over Bozo and then played it at work the next day as if you'd found it? No. On YouTube the night before? <laughs> no. By yeah. the way, the phrase bozo dubbed over was what I was thinking of at work all day that was ruining my life. <laughs> and, like, that in itself is is funny. <laughs> like, that phrase. Is, that's what I'm saying. Like, I want to just pull out those those little things because I, I think I will find those little things in retrospect funnier than actually sitting down and watching the whole sketch. Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, speaking of... Um, I don't think I actually was speaking of this, but speaking of Anchorman, <laughs> that's the ultimate movie where when Steve I first Crow. watched it, yeah, sure, it's you know, it's it's a it's a leap. I think I was thinking SNL to I don't know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> that's a movie where I first watched it and I didn't really laugh a lot. Yeah, but you know, Anchorman, and this is obviously you know nowadays quoting Anchorman is just comedy death. Like you yeah. just you just you 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 feel the blood drain out of your face when you like hear someone quote Anchorman. But in 2004, it was really funny to quote Anchorman. Yeah. Like at least, well, I was 14 at the time, so context. Yeah. We quoted it a lot. But that was the fun of I it mean, was like, I quoted it a lot. yeah, referring back to it because it was yeah. so unique and absurd and like weirdly funny and so endlessly quotable. And I, I think I kind of feel that way about this. Yeah. So I understand that that idea. No, 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 no. Number three, three, three. Baby of the year. This was great. This is like one of the first sketches, and it's yeah. so it's so stacked with different bits. <laughs> Because the the concept is the, is the televised baby of the year pageant, 112 the 112th baby of the year pageant, which I already think is so funny. Look at their rolls. Look at their folds. <laughs> Look at their toes. Like this so is, many canned shrimp. This is like another sketch that Tim Robinson isn't in. Right. And I think it's hilarious. Um, because I think it's like this perfect sort of like this is like I think really hits the like absurdist button really well. In that, like, there's so many different jokes happening at the same time, and the premise itself is so absurd. Like, because you could just do the premise and it would be funny, right? But yes. then, like, 
there's all these other things like going on inside this premise that are also hilarious. And if you took them and put them in a, a less absurd premise, they'd still be funny. And putting them all together is just like, what is happening? I love it. Let's <laughs> count them. First of all, the idea of baby of the year, objectively funny. Objectively a funny. A funny idea for a contest. Mm-hmm. Second, the one of the contestants is uh, Harley Jarvis, <laughs> who is the bad boy who the audience hates. <laughs> Bart Whenever, Harley Jarvis. Bart Harley Jarvis. Whenever <laughs> anyone mentions him, the audience begins to scream and jeer. I fucking hope you die, Harley Jarvis. Like, like adults being mean to a baby is objectively hilarious. And towards the end, an adult rushes the stage with a gun <laughs> to, to, to kill Harley Jarvis. Which is funny. Uh, uh, number three, there's the there's the one of the judges who saw uh, um, one of the baby's fathers performing oral or sorry doing oral, <laughs> doing oral. on the on the the guest the mystery judge i don't think you need to do the oral and he's so <laughs> agonized over it oh god that's so funny and he, he like has a written speech like it's it's a so good the, uh the the in memoriam section in-memoriam with how they like with how they died which, yeah the in memoriam which lists how the babies died uh, i mean as as they point out it's they're old babies yeah. they're not they don't stay babies forever there's just but... so much going on and it's really great number Two, two, two. Hot dog car. Hot dog car. In this, Tim Robinson plays a guy who crashes a hot dog shaped car into a, I guess, like a Brooks Brothers. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And then, in the confusion, attempts to pretend that even though he was wearing a hot dog costume, he was not the one driving the car. Yes. This is a very, this is a pretty, you know, pretty goofy concept. Yeah. But the execution, I think, is so funny. There's so many little, again, there's so many little jokes peppered throughout. Yeah. Like there's the surprising joke where someone says, you know, rightfully points out, you were driving the car, you're dressed like a hot dog. And he says, well, so is that guy. And the camera pans over to a character we have not seen at this point, who is a man in a uh, a brown bread-colored suit <laughs> with a red shirt and a yellow tie. It's great. And look on the guy's face and you realize that he is, in fact, dressed like a hot dog. Is He's so he's so upset. Yeah. Like he's dismayed. That was... That was, as I told you, the most my most surprising laugh out loud, as because I just wasn't <laughs> expecting to to like have that moment yeah. in the sketch, and I was just like, "Oh fuck, that's funny." <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this was the sketch where Tim Robinson played this sort of type of character that I found the easiest to watch, if that makes sense yes. from what I've been talking about earlier. Yeah, because because I think because you make the point that you you have easier time with some of his sketches where he's not playing that character, and yeah. those are very very funny. Yeah, like the um the new printer sketches. It's great. Amazing. Um, because, it, like, and I don't have as big a problem with the girl who's basically playing that character. Yeah. So I, I think it's something about Tim Robinson. That's why I think it's something about Tim Robinson. Well, really, and I'm, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say anything negative about his physical appearance, but he looks like he might be like a weird dude you might meet, like, in, yeah. in, 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 a, in a social setting who would make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, he has that sort of vibe. Yeah. And I, um, I've seen interviews with him, by the way. He seems like just a very nice, normal guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I think in the and the sketches where he's kind of playing the nice, normal guy, yeah. like, I, I find really funny. And I think in this sketch, in the hot dog car sketch, he's, like, sort of teetering this line between, like, this socially awkward guy and this guy who just, like, is actually very charismatic and could make you believe him. Yeah. Um, His performance in this sketch is, I think, the best one he does all season because just a little, like, weird, like... He tries. He's trying so hard to convince everyone around him that he's he's not the person who drove the car into the Brooks Brothers. <laughs> when you know, it's obvious from the moment you see him that he is. <laughs> the, the, the turn when the cops show up, and someone you know asks him for his name, and all of a sudden he just sort of like drops down this very serious register and goes, "Huh? Well, how about that? We've been here talking all day. You never even learned my name." And it becomes like at the end of a bad play, where he's monologuing about, "Oh, we're so buried in our phones." We send emojis instead of smiling. 
uh, you know, we're so disconnected from humanity. But part of his speech is that, you know, we're so caught up in our phones that we even watch porn on our phones. You know, Xtube, you porn. <laughs> Listen up, right? porn side. <laughs> Great. I think it is his best performance, um, and it's his performance where I think he. <laughs> you're right. He is weirdly charismatic. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're you're kind of like, oh, I see why they would hire him to be the hot dog guy. <laughs> <laughs> because like that's the thing is like I think because he doesn't totally like drop into this like I'm the awkward guy who doesn't know what I'm doing kind of character, and you see like a different thing, and he's like this you know still weird and kind of awkward, but like okay with it and i think that makes it a lot easier for yeah. me to like enjoy and digest like contrast that with the babysitter sketch yeah where he gets caught up in like a similar lie that makes no sense i'm trying to remember he, him, him and his husband are late to a party and, and the husband's oh, like yeah, yeah. tell him the babysitter was a problem whatever yeah. and then as soon as he's alone with this other guy he's like oh the babysitter was in a hit and run but yeah. it doesn't matter the it people she hit they weren't even supposed to be yeah, there it's yeah. not a problem the police said don't worry I about kind it i blocked that one out because i didn't think it was funny <laughs> um um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's a similar thing, but it's like he, the, that yeah. character is a little bit more like openly, like, like, like sort of nakedly awkward and like yeah. un, unsure of what to do in a social setting. Whereas the hot dog guy seems like he really like, he's improvising, but he's doing a pretty good job. Exactly. If, if it wasn't so blatant that he is the one who, <laughs> who drove the car into the, into the funny. building. Yeah. That's why it's funny. That's why it's funny. Good night, folks. No. There's not, one more. There's one more. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Da-na-na. We can't do that. We don't want to have the rights to that. Number one, one, one. River Mountain High, <laughs> a.k.a. T.C. Tuggers. <laughs> this is another sketch that's split up between two segments in one episode. Begins as a pitch-perfect parody of Riverdale. It's very good. It is, it's, starring it's, a guy from Riverdale. Starring an actual guy from Riverdale, <laughs> who I didn't recognize, but yeah. he looks I like a guy I from Riverdale. I watched the first season, and I was like, that guy actually looks like someone who's on Riverdale, and yes. I looked it up, and he was. <laughs> um, and it, 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 would be a, it would be just a completely like, like pretty pitch-perfect pastiche yeah. of Riverdale, except for the fact that Tim Robinson appears as Principal S. Yeah. He's wearing a, a, a thing we learn as a T.C. Tugger's top. Which a is TC top from TC Tuggers. A TC top, sorry. A TC top from TC Tuggers. <laughs> which is a shirt with a knob on the front <laughs> so you can pull it out without hurting your hand or damaging your shirt. Oh, in this part alone, it's like, it's the him, it's, him interacting like this very like Tim Robinson, like awkward, like middle-aged dude or middle-aged looking principal yeah. guy interacting with these young kids is very funny yeah. because partially because they never... They never get tired of him or annoyed by him. Yeah, like that. They're fully invested the whole time. That also, that makes this like slightly easier to watch <laughs> because they they are like totally on board. <laughs> They're like, hey, nice shirt, man. What's the deal with that shirt? Yeah. And I think the other thing that makes this hilarious is like the the blatant sort of parody of like uh, in in content uh, product placement, yes, yes. <laughs> which I found kind of hilarious. Yeah. Like he doesn't just like mention what the top is. He like gives a whole list of like, don't, don't make fun of it. No, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Like he's the, the idea of like the person who like wrote that like ad segment being like, we're going to make sure people don't ever laugh at this. Yeah. We got to make that very clear is again, that's, that's funny. Yeah. But, but the thing is that wouldn't be that funny, but it comes back <laughs> And then we see, first of all, it's like previously on. Yeah. River Mountain and we get High. like a, a fun <laughs> little. Previously on, like the, the, the two minutes we saw before. Yeah. <laughs> and then we come back for maybe 30 seconds of more, more content of the show. Yeah. And then we cut to an ad for TC Tops by TC Tuckers. Oh, which is the most hilarious is... thing on this show ever. <laughs> I, I, I think everyone who likes this show and maybe even people like you who 
don't love the show. Yeah. But I think everyone who's a fan of the show has one sketch where they like lost control of their body. They were laughing so hard. <laughs> uh, for Morgan, it was the uh, the fully loaded nacho sketch, I believe. Oh, I hated that one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the I, that I, tracks I, though. I don't love that one, but the idea of Morgan like blacking out because he's laughing so hard. Oh is, yeah, is, is, I like is, that. That yeah, sounds like funny. That. <laughs> um, but this sketch, I, I don't know. It's it's a parody of of not like necessarily present day ads, yeah. but like mid 2000s gap commercials but also that is a great fucking group halloween costume oh the, <laughs> <laughs> the guys from the tc tops commercial it'd be so easy just they're in this like bl- this like empty white space like the gap commercials and there's just like very generic rock song playing in the background but they're it's dancing but it kicks up and they start dancing it's oh the, it's great oh i can't i, I mean, laugh so hard it's it's the it's so stupid it's so dumb um i think part of what makes it honestly so funny for me is like the idea of like needing to like pull your shirt out from around your belly because like you get self-conscious during the day is a thing that really if it hits it a part of my life i didn't know people knew about looks like the idea of like a good there's an idea that a really good joke yeah. a really good comedian can like like form like formulate a and verbalize a thought you've had but haven't actually had before if and that I've, makes sense and i've definitely had that feeling with other jokes um not on the show necessarily because <laughs> i don't know that Tim Robinson is that comedian for me. Right. Because I I asked you when we were watching this, I was like, is that a thing that happens? So like I was like, it, it clearly like the 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 moment like didn't resonate with me. Yeah. So I, I was sort Whereas, of like, like you felt seen. Yeah. <laughs> I felt seen but in a way that made me uncomfortable. But yeah. I just added to the friction of the joke, I think. Yeah. Friction, that's not the right way to use that word. I'm sorry, folks. I don't know what these words mean. You're just, I hear you're them. Trying. I hear them and I try them out. And sometimes <laughs> it feels right. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm sorry. Kelsey, do you have any other notable sketches you wanted to discuss? Um, Again, there's not very many. I think that's part of the reason why it was so well received is because, you know, the the thing where, you know, the, the sketch comedy we get, like, fed to us most commonly is SNL, which is on the on its best night, you know, an hour and 20 minutes of, of you know, medium-level junk to absolute garbage, and then maybe one genuinely clever or funny thing. So having a show that is like all killer, no filler, so to speak, for those of us who enjoy it, Kelsey, not, yeah. I know it's not the case for you, is really amazing. Even, you know, I, I, in my mind, this is the best sketch show since uh, Key and Peele, which has not been many years now, but I still revisit Key and Peele oh, quite I regularly. Peele. I love Key and Peele. Even Key and Peele, you know, because every episode was half an hour long yeah. and they had, you know. There full... were some on there where like they didn't hit yeah, it hard. Every sketch wasn't great. Yeah. And I think... You know, I don't laugh at every sketch here the same level. And I know, again, you are a skeptic of the show to some degree. Sort of, yeah. But to, to me, every sketch in this, this show is very good in one way or the other. I want to say I'm not a skeptic of this show because I understand on like a Sorry, a skeptic logic, is the wrong word. A logical level why it's funny. I just think it's not for me. You know, like some things are just not made with you as an audience, like in mind. Like it's just not. Right. Like it's not a show that was meant for me. Yeah. I did enjoy, however... One that when you said we were going to do this and I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, I was like, okay, there's six episodes and they're all like under 20 minutes. I can fucking do this. (laughs) Love that. Um, uh, And then like there there were episodes like sketches that I genuinely enjoyed very, very much. Um, Am I going to watch it over and over again? Probably not. But I have already watched it twice all the way through and then. (laughs) You and I rewatched a good chunk of it yeah. just now. Um, but I am going to enjoy how much you enjoy it because that makes me happy. 
I'm glad that even though you don't love the show like yeah. I do, you you now know the language of it. Yeah. So the again when me and Sarah and Dave and Tara and <laughs> whoever else, yeah. uh, I feel like I feel like by the way I feel like twi- I don't know if this says anything, but I feel like twice now at least I was with a couple, <laughs> and the uh, the man said that they finished the show, and the uh, their their girlfriend or, or and or wife was surprised they had like, gone on without them. <laughs> Um, don't know if that says anything. I don't know. Um, Sarah and I, by the way, watched it all together. Sarah was initially like not fully on board, or not, she was actually a skeptic. We started, and, and Sarah was like, "Okay, we can so let's watch this." But I reserved the right to you know sort of pull the plug whenever, <laughs> whenever you know, whenever I want to. And I was like, "That's fine." You know, I know this. I don't know if this is going to be for you. Let's go for it. But then Sarah was honestly like, I think more enthusiastic than I was after the first episode. <laughs> and then man, that TC Tuggers hit. <laughs> <laughs> she was done. <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to episode five because it was, despite how much I disliked the babysitter sketch, um, I actually really enjoyed the rest of the sketches in that episode. It was the it was the episode in which I enjoyed the most sketches. Let's run them down. Hot, you got a hot dog car. Yes. You have Caleb Went, the one where Tim Robinson is choking but won't admit to it because he's they like at a table with an actor he admires. Some, I found that hilarious because I think. I guess the like weird medical part of me is like he can talk. He's not actually choking. Yeah. Like, like I know he's actually okay. And um, and I like even though it's kind of the same concept as a lot of the other ones that I was kind of uncomfortable with. He doesn't seem like as weird and uh, as off putting as a guy in that he just seems kind of like a normal guy who's like trying to impress someone. <laughs> which like it feels like a very yeah normal reaction. Yeah, like if I was at the table with um, say for example Carrie Coon. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I would not admit that I was joking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I liked that okay, one. When we got a new printer. Yeah. Which is, again, as you described it, a, a Tim Robinson-style character performed by a different actress. Yeah. And it's just very funny. It also has the day Robert Palin shot me down. Which I loved and hated all at the same time. <laughs> it's a very specific joke <laughs> yeah. where there's basically a Johnny Cash-style character who's having his big moment in the biopic where he, you know, comes up with an original song and like turns the tide of his career yeah. but tim robinson is there <laughs> and like thinks they're making this up song up together as they go along so his riffing is sort of taking over the song's narrative mm. um to say more to, would be a disservice to this yeah, sketch go watch it and finally you got um the babysitter yeah which i did not enjoy which I, I, <laughs> I just the one thing i like about the babysitter is the fact like that he's like end. i'm gonna embarrass you man yeah i like the and end then, the, the fact that it turns from like him telling this weird lie about a hit and run where it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, to him, like trying to embarrass this guy by first, by first, like <laughs> acting like he doesn't know who the like what sports teams are. Yeah. And shoving his hand to the dip, so he finally just like like tackles him into a pile of like yeah. fine china. Yeah. Uh. I I think like that's another one where it's like I couldn't watch the whole like middle part of it, and then like the end when he tackles him is is funny, and then he's like, okay, we're good. He's like, <laughs> like I told you I was gonna embarrass you, man. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, it's so funny. Um, but so yeah, so funny. yeah, I think my my take on this is that like I think that Tim Robinson is a really funny writer. I can kind of see why SNL was like, hey, what if we just have you write things? <laughs> it's also funny. Dave pointed this out that that um, friend of the friend of the pod and a former guest, former and future guest, yeah. David Hobald, pointed out that this, that. Um, <laughs> this show is like a lot of these sketches are i think like they are rejected snl sketches yeah so snl exists to keep 
content like this from being aired. Which sucks. Which is weird. But you can you can see like how they were like, you know, they were like, hey, we can't do a sketch like this. Or we can do this sketch, but everyone's got to be the whole time saying like, why is this guy so weird? <laughs> What's up with this weird guy? I I appreciate his um comedic mind more than I think his comedic <laughs> acting. Because I kind of wonder if some of the other sketches would be if a different actor was playing that part, if I would find it like funnier or, or more uh, palatable. Um, but I don't know. Cause I do have like a serious, like cringy secondhand embarrassment problem Okay. for anybody, but like the hot dog car sketch is fucking ace. <laughs> All right. With that in mind. Yes. Here it is. Pitch time. Yes. Pitch time, pitch time challenge. Pitch time challenge. <laughs> we're we're, we're pitch time for, for a new audience. <laughs> I love it. Pitch time challenge. <laughs> Kelsey, yes. in the vein of movies like Skeleton Key with Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig or Adult Beginners with Nick Kroll, where you know, they're sort of vanity projects where comedians or, or actors most known for their comedic work yeah. get to do like their sort of serious, serious role. Yeah. Not like dark, like gritty crime drama, but like, you know, grounded, you know, dramedy, dramedy style. style of comedy. In that vein, when Tim Robinson gets his <laughs> dramedy vanity project, what would you like him to be? What is the concept of the movie or what is like his character? What would you want to see from him? I mean, he has range. Right. And he's weirdly charismatic. This can be like, what's, what about Tim Robinson can appeal to a larger audience? Like an, like an indie darling. Yes. Tim Robinson. Yeah. He can be like a sympathetic character. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't seen uh, Skeleton Key, yeah. watch it. Bill Hader in Skeleton Key is like... One of my all-time favorite performances. I just like he's so. I just love him in that. I feel like he definitely plays like the dad to a teenage girl whose like wife has just died. Ooh. And he's just trying to deal with it, and like doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. That's good. Right. That's good. Okay. Okay. And it's a, it's a comedy, but it's like a you know yes grounded yes comedy. Is he like is he trying to be cool and fit in, or is he just like trying to like? You know, he's just sort of stumbling through being a like a single parent now that his wife is dead. Um, I I I think you're right though. I can totally see him like in the in the in the trailer, like you know, sitting in a in a church in a suit. <laughs> he's just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. Like I think he probably opens like funeral church suit, yeah. but like actual most of the movie takes place like a year later or so, right? When he's still struggling. There's probably a, a romance aspect. Yeah. What's to What's it. the hook? So he's 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 a father dealing with this 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 daughter yeah. that he can't really connect with. Yeah. What's the hook? I don't know. Does he like, like make a viral video or something, or like he becomes <laughs> internet famous somehow, but no one knows it's him? I'm kind of into that. It's actually, kind of, it's kind of like a, like a lighter twist on uh, World's Greatest Dad with Robin Williams. I haven't seen that. Uh, it's not really similar, but it's a similar like thing where yeah. like a, like, a, like a father is sort of, you know, engaging with their child's world in a in a you know, sort of secretive way. Yeah. So I don't know what it is because he obviously couldn't be like a Fred style like youtube like personality right or god that makes me sound a thousand years old I'd, fred is not the only youtube personality i know of but, <laughs> but you know what i mean i know what you he mean, can't yeah. be an on-screen character yeah but he's maybe he dubs over uh maybe Bozo dubs the clown. Over. <laughs> <laughs> um oh. no it's something like that where he like becomes yeah like he like his daughter it's like a, it's like a superman thing yeah like his daughter that like, is like really into this thing that he made, but no one yeah. knows that he made it. Maybe he wrote a young adult novel. Ooh, Ooh. Yes. That's how he gets out his grief. That's right. 
and it oh. becomes like a sensation. But he, but she, he published under a pseudonym. Yes. So no one knows it's him. We should write this. This is, this is good. <laughs> this is good. Netflix, hit us up. <laughs> he totally has a thing for his like publisher. Oh yes. Or editor or something. This is good. Oh, this is really good. We could we could make okay. some money. Okay. Here. <laughs> we're, we're in it. We're in it now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but. Well, well oh, okay. What's it called? It's not Young Adult because that already happened. That already it was happened. A, it was a very uh, unsettling movie. So sad. This is like I think the, I think the name of this movie is probably the name of the book series or yeah. the character. Yeah. So it's probably in part of the world in that. Yeah. By the way, the um, director I was thinking Maybe of. It's just called like bestseller, or something. Ooh. Like that. Ooh. That's good. That's good. Something like that. Something like, Something that. like that. I'm pretty proud of this pitch, Jason. This is a, this is a good pitch. It's <laughs> a strong pitch time. It's strong pitch time. See, we still got it. We still got it. This is what this is what it takes. Pitch time's alive and well. Pitch time is back, baby. <laughs> Special thanks to Danny About of the Weeping Willards for use of their song "Outside in the Rain" from their self-titled album, still available on Bandcamp. Yes. Get it. Get it. Get it. Special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. If you like us, follow us on Facebook. Like us on Twitter. No, scratch that. Reverse it. Follow us on Twitter. Like Like us us on on Facebook. Facebook. Subscribe, rate, review. Do it all. Tell a friend. You know, spread spread the news. We're back. We're back and we're we're not going away again. Probably. Probably. At least not for a month. Two no, months. We're, we're, two we're, months. we planned tra- out for two months. Trying to get back on track. This is not going to be a normal thing now. No. We're back. We're back on track. We're going to do some music. We're going to do some TV shows. To we're going to do some other stuff. To the fans, you're welcome. To the haters, you're welcome too. Can that be our new sign-off? <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't feel right. It wouldn't feel right. All right. As, as, we, as we always like to say here on this show of ours, happy, happy holidays. holidays. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up can't let them get to me and even though i always fuck my life up only i can mention me they wish i would go ahead and fuck my life up can't let them get to me and even though i always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Hi! Hi! Welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things that you like. I am Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And Kelsey, what are we talking about this episode? I think you should leave. What? You should leave. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think you should leave. Kelsey, what are you talking about? I thought we were going to do our podcast. I think you should leave. Well, if, if that's how you feel. This feels like a sketch from the show. Creak. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> Slam. Scene. I don't feel like that went very well. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Bad bit. <laughs> I wanted to try it. <laughs> I wanted to see if it worked because I thought it'd be 